Welcome to the Eyes Up Mindset Podcast, where we explore what it means to grow daily and find our best in every aspect of life. Welcome back to another episode of the Eyes Up Mindset Podcast. I am your host, Jamie Wagner. Excited to be with you all this week. Once again, we are diving in to this series that we've been working on, Head, Hands, Hearts. And I've been reflecting a lot over the course of the last couple of weeks. I've been engaging with some of you out there. And um, what does it mean? <laughs> what's, what's all of this for, right? Not just to create a series of resources that you can come back to in the future if you need an idea, right? I think that that's part of why I wanted to do this. But the other part is is a little bit personal, a little bit selfish even maybe, is that that renewal of these phases of life is about making us whole. It's about understanding that one part serves the other, that when our, when our heart is in the right place and our hands are in the right place, we're going to produce better intellectual work. When we are feeling confident about our understanding about something and we feel emotionally stable, our physical performance is going to grow and get better. When we have our physical outlet for our energy and we're being fed good material, our heart is going to expand and grow and fill as well. These three pieces are inextricably, like you cannot remove them from each other. And one of the things that I notice in talking to expert performers and talking to elite programs and talking to places that value their people organizationally, they do pieces of all of this. They might not call it what we're calling it, but they do serve each part of their people. They serve each part of their own needs so that they can be the best version of self for the thing that they're trying to accomplish. And I think there's something else that I think goes without saying in this, and yet it probably needs to be said. If you're just doing this for you, if it's just selfish in the way that this podcast is not just a selfish endeavor, right? Trying to renew and create space for me to think about what it means to, to get my mind right, to get my body right, and to get my spirit right. When I think about that, my overall overarching goal is to be better, not for my outcomes, but so that I can serve people better others better, my community better, my wife better, my children better, the, the teams and athletes and programs and organizations that I serve, I want to bring my best because that's what I'm called to. And it's not for me. It's so that I can grow for them. The, the piece that needs to be said out loud, and there, there's going to be more exploration of this at some point with a guest, but this idea that community is crucial that we can't do this alone that it's not worth doing alone 
that it's that it's lonely and it's empty. And so when we talk about when I've been given this this set of resources to continue to help you guys think about where can I be challenged and grow, the underlying piece of that is not so that you're better so that you can necessarily reach your pinnacle. It's so that you can reach your pinnacle for the people in your life. If you're a coach, how do you be the best coach you can be? Not so you can hang banners and win titles and get accolades, but because you're going to change people's lives. You're going to change the lives of young people. If you're a leader, if you're a parent, what does it mean to bring your best? What's it going to do? It's not just going to create happiness or joy or financial well-being. It's going to create better sons and daughters, better future leaders of a company or an organization. It's going to create a place where more people want to be there. They want to be a part of it and they want to learn. To manage that stuff is heavy. To feel the responsibility and the weight of being that person for other people can be heavy. Right? As um, today, just like incredibly good timing in discipline is destiny from Brian Kite, one of the resources I mentioned in the in the ahead episode. He says that freedom is heavy. Right, Because once you accept the freedom to choose for yourself, you accept the freedom to experience any and all of the consequences of your choices, actions, and impact. It's heavy. We have to train to carry it. We have to train ourselves to carry that freedom, the freedom to choose, the freedom to impact people, the freedom to choose, and then the consequences of that. Right? It's, a, it's an important distinction. It's not that we're free to do whatever we're, we want to do because our mind or our body or our heart is right. It's that we're ready for what that entails, which is more than just I get something from this. No, I, I get something and I might impact someone else. I might hurt someone else. I might isolate someone else. And so to be rightly ordered in the way that I'm talking about, we have to. We have to get our mind, body, and spirit right. We have to coordinate, integrate, make whole our head, hands, and heart. That's the point of this. I hope like crazy you guys get some awesome things that you can you can steal from that you can grow from right that that i am serving as google a really really cheap <laughs> version of google right but like the things that have served me and so as we as we get into the heart today and really having to reflect on heart made me think about what's the point why are we doing this all because it's it's always bigger than self. It's always more than us that we're trying to grow. And it's just vital that we keep that in our frame of reference, that we keep that front and center. And when we do that, 
it makes it a whole lot easier to persevere. It makes it a whole lot easier to carry the weight of the things that we're talking about. So how do we come to the table with an open heart? How do we come to performance with a heart that's ready to attack, right? To run to the fight. A heart that's disciplined and willing to persevere and stay in the fight. And then a heart that is willing to do that last extra bit to finish. And then when that's empowered in the right place, we we trigger the value of our of our head and our hands as well. Again, for me, the resources and the things that I'm going to talk about today are are just things that have had influence on me. Do not feel like you need to take down all of these notes or all of this stuff. But if there's one in there that sounds good, latch on to it. Support the author, right? Give them what they've earned is the value of their words being read and potentially having transformational impact. When I think about the heart, I really mean three things. I mean, your spiritual self, right? That whatever that looks like, my upbringing is Christian, right? And so there are, there are different ways that that tradition has influenced my thinking around my spiritual life. Clearly, some of what I'm going to say today has been influenced by that, and I can't remove that, but maybe your tradition is different. What does it look like there to be filled to have a heart that is full to overflowing that prepares you for your best outcomes. So there is a spiritual side of our heart, but there's also an emotional well-being side of our heart, right? And that that too often, especially in a culture that prioritizes, you know, markets and finances and uh, upward mobility, we don't always care to make sure that we are rightly ordered emotionally and trust me the reason that this episode it was so hard to come to in some ways was because of that one truth right there i can't just talk about the spiritual stuff that fills my heart right or i can't just talk to to john david latta who was the episode immediately preceding this series you know a mystic somebody who's talking about interpreting dreams things that are maybe a little bit uncomfortable for some of us some of it's uncomfortable for me right and talking about love and being open that stuff is not just a spiritual exercise it's also to bring ourselves to the table emotionally in a way that is healthy and i am not good at it sometimes i i read a lot about you know being doing what I do and understanding all of the complex things that go into human performance, right? I read about trauma and trauma survivors and and how the body deals with that and processes that and what the actual physical responses to that stuff are, and then how that manifests emotionally and how some emotion might trigger that physical manifestation. And so again, as leaders, as coaches, as people that want to have an impact, we need to be conscious of some of this stuff mentally, but we also need to be conscious of it emotionally in our own person. How does it manifest for us? So there's a spiritual side and there's an emotional side. And then there is that energy piece, right? Where there are things that drain you and there are things that fill you. And we've talked about some of those from a head and hands perspective, right? And I'll, and I'll 
label some of those things a little bit more clearly today. And we then take that energy and give it away. Right. And so, you know, there's, there's a, there's a threefold reality that we have to address when we're talking about our heart, just like with our hands, there is a, there's an artistic, there's a create, like a creative artistic, there's a creative generative where we're actually producing something that other people might be able to use. And then there's that physical fitness sort of reality. So each of these is, is in its own way, uh, a triplet, right? And so I'm going to take each one of those kind of individually and provide some resources in each one of those spaces. And then we'll kind of wrap and, and see where we're at, right? So let's talk about the spiritual. Again, my my background has Christian tradition. And so there's going to be some stuff that is very, very much rooted in Christianity. There's like I C.S. Lewis, yeah, it's 60, 70, 100 years old. And it's just so, and for me, I'm a story guy. I love storytelling and imagination. So things like uh, the screw tape letters or the great divorce are, are really, really great books in my mind. And like mere Christianity, I come back to over and over and over again, just to, to reconnect with, with what it means to be merely Christian, right. And to be, to be a person who, who lives and walks in such a way that, that who I am is visible and available to others and, and says that that guy's a little bit different and, and I want to know what that's about. Right. And so that's to be able to reflect the, the faith that I have. Right. So that, I think that's powerful. I, I mentioned that I read Proverbs or Ecclesiastes pretty often that wisdom literature stuff. Um, and there's, there's a whole series of other books that, that support my spiritual formation as far as like Christianity is concerned, right? The Hallelujah Banquet by Eugene Peterson, um, Everything Belongs in the Wisdom Pattern by Richard Rohr. Some of my evangelical friends might think less of me for reading some of that stuff because he's a little bit on the edges, right? And I think that there's value in, in searching there. And that leads me to my next point. I'm not just influenced by Christian tradition, right? There's a ton of stuff that I read that has Zen and Buddhism and, uh, you know, Confucian sort of thought that's way, way back that's rooted in Eastern tradition. And really that comes down to presence, right? All that stuff comes down to, to presence. And then there's obviously the Stoicism side that is connected to, um, you know, Ryan Holiday and his books. Obviously, I've talked about the Daily Stoic and uh, the Calendar of Wisdom by Leo Tolstoy. Tolstoy certainly has a Christian bent. Also, he was an Orthodox Christian and pretty, uh, pretty practicing, like, uh, obvious, obvious Christianity and some of this stuff. So there's, there's just going to be some of that. When it comes to some of the things that I'm talking about from other traditions, things like Zen and the art of motorcycle maintenance, I know that that's uh, like a philosophy tradition thing. I don't, it's a really hard book to explain. And those of you that read it would know what I mean, but it is pretty transformative. It's pretty deep. It's pretty, it's a lot to chew on in there. Um, After the Ecstasy, the Laundry is by Jack Cornfield, And it is a phenomenal book about like just, presence and meditation and and what it means to have a spiritual practice right this idea of after the ecstasy this high this incredible spiritual high that we experience we're on the mountaintop but we got dirty on the way up now what 
right? <laughs> you got to do the laundry still. You don't get, you don't get a pass because you like nobody transcends life and just gets to escape life because they have a spiritual moment, right? And he, so many stories in that book about spiritual teachers or, or people that have walked through the process of growth on a, on a heart level that are like, I'm terrible at this. I don't know what I'm doing. And I have a moment of ecstasy and it's really hard to replicate. It's hard to do it again, if ever, for some of these people, but they recognize the value of the spiritual practice itself and how that practice grows our heart. And it brings us and it makes us, allows us to be available and open to the experiences that we see and, and might have. Uh, Wherever You Go, There You Are is a book by John Kabat-Zinn that is, is similar in its uh, description of what is required of us as people to be present in the moment, right? And I, I really look at that as having a full heart that's not distracted and deterred and distorted by the world. So those three have been have been huge in my understanding of of what it means to to think and understand differently than the traditional experience that I've had um, from like a prayerful devotional place. And I, and I would just argue that they're similar, that, that a faith practice is similar, no matter what practice it is, right? What, what we're asked to do is to fill our heart with good wisdom, to reflect and devote time to being, to acknowledging the force and the presence and the power of others in our world and in our life and then to to bring those expectations what we learn from that wisdom from that stillness from that time in communion or in community with a deity or a spirit or an energy and to bring that into the world and to be the conduit for that and so there is there is a world where all of this feels kind of i don't know where some of you might be skeptical about the value of it, but I would I would just challenge you to think about what is this what does a spiritual practice look like for you? And it has it doesn't have to do anything with God, right? For now, right? There's like I don't I'm not saying that it's automatically going to either, but if you get still, if you slow down, if you listen, if you journal, if you read wisdom literature, if you read or seek out community in nature commune with nature there's just going to be a peacefulness and i think that's the best way that i would describe it right there's a, there's a settled nature to our heart that then frees us to be something else something better now i want to acknowledge that there's a bunch of ways to do that so let's talk about some of the more secular ideas around that that, that don't necessarily have a, a spiritual underpinning, right? When we talk about this from a, a psychological perspective, we're talking about emotional health, emotional well-being, like guarding our heart, taking care of our heart is really just understanding the emotional strain 
and the emotional responses that we have consistently as a mental skills coach, as somebody that works in performance, like this is the crucial like underlying point here. Our thoughts and our emotions affect our actions because our body changes based on our response, right? So if our emotions trigger a, a negative response, we're going to have a different set of hormones that react and our physical performance is going to suffer. If we have a positive response, we may have a negative hormonal response or a set of hormones that we're going to have to work through or process, but that, that, that positive response to a stressor, to an emotional challenge creates a world where our body can move on quicker, get back to baseline and start again. And so there is just a, a ton of research in this space that is both mental and emotional. And so almost any of the books that you could pick up about mental training, right? Mental skills development, 10 minute toughness is a book. Ned Shuck uh, recommended on this podcast 30 or 40 episodes ago. Um, something like elite minds by Stan Beecham, which I've mentioned, or the champions mind by uh, Jim Aframound. These are places that are going to talk about your emotional response. So that's one area that's directed specifically at performance. But I think there's a world where we need to, to listen to some of the popular literature in this space, right? Brene Brown is incredible. She has a podcast. She has six, seven, eight, ten books. Um, you know, I, I'm particularly affected by Daring Greatly because it was the first book of hers I read. Yeah, there's a lot of repetition in her stuff, but it's also really healthy. It's like that practice piece that I was just talking about. It's healthy to come back and to keep coming back to the same sources of wisdom and the same text because they're going to renew that spiritual, emotional well-being side of us. She has a, a new one called Atlas of the Heart, and I believe there was a Netflix special that was in uh, correspondence with that where she's talking about like what does our heart look like, right? What's they map out the heart from an emotional and responsive sort of process. I think it, I think it's really, really high quality stuff. And she has just incredible value to add in these places. Um, Glennon Doyle's untamed, I, you know, it's mostly directed at a female audience, but like, men we can we can grow from that also and and hear the message that she's talking about like we don't need to be tamed by society we need to reconnect with who we are and what that means is being able to see and identify the emotions that we're feeling and and understanding that they're okay and that we can grow must grow through them not be in spite of them and so i think that that those places are are really good kind of avenues to start with um and and I want to talk about this, this energy piece, right? So there's that emotional well-being thing that's really necessary. I, I would be remiss to talk about some, uh, some literature on suffering that's really, really valuable based like anchored in human experience. Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl will change you, shape you, challenge you. Uh, the you know, Holocaust survivor talking about how his experience in that process changed who he became and shaped obviously right shaped his thinking going forward and what it means to look for 
a bigger purpose. The choice by Edith Ava Egger is uh, is another similar type of story, just from a completely different perspective, right? From a female's perspective, she also was a, a Holocaust survivor and became a psychologist, like just hugely, hugely impactful stories. Uh, when Beth, when Breath Becomes Air by Paul Kalanithi, I don't ever know how to say his name, Kalan, Kalanithi. Yeah, that might be right. Anyway, it's the way I always say it. But it's it's a story of uh, a doctor who's uh, faced with a terminal sort of cancer diagnosis and how he goes through the process of of coping with that. And stories fill our heart, right? That's how we connect to people and community. And so I love stories. I love fiction that's going to drive us to that, right? I mean, I think about if you're into sports, the boys in the boat is one where it talks about the emotional strain and the, the mental, physical strain of trying to be on a world caliber Olympic rowing team, right? And what community does to support that. That's an incredible true story. I There's just so many. And that brings me to the energy piece, right? For me, reading fiction, art, music, um, being moved by something fills my cup. It fills me up so that I can go then be with other people and give good things to them, right? We talk about giving good juice and all the different guests that have been on that have that have brought the good juice. Well, what does that mean? It means that they're they're willing to spill out onto us and to you all. How do how do you prepare for that? You have to know what you're about. I think that in order to gather a heart that's full, you have to fill it. You have to serve it. Sometimes that's in spiritual practice or sometimes that's in literature. Sometimes that's in journaling or reading scripture or whatever it might be. But sometimes that's just recognizing and identifying the things that fill us up and then using that to our advantage. You've heard some of the things that fill me up. I am a reader. I love to read. So getting time in a book, any book, is filling. Many of the books that I've talked about in these episodes do that for me. They fill me up. I, I'm completely aware that that's not all of you, right? Fiction particularly does that for me. But maybe it's a TV show. Maybe it's just laughter, comedy. Maybe it's a certain band or a type of music. But let's be real, right? So there's this intellectual side of this, right? Where I can be super intellectual about art, but there is a place where just like listening to the right music clears everything out and it just connects to your heart, just connects emotionally with your person. If you have a song like that, like dial that up once a day, be filled, find it. And we all know that sometimes those songs rotate. Cool. Don't feel stuck there, right? There's seasons of life. Things change. So if if it's no longer working, change it. Find it. Seek it out. Go in. And that's the point. That's the challenge in all this is go seek the things that give you energy, that fill your emotional bucket, that fill your spiritual bucket, that, that 
allow you to use your hands in the best way possible that allow you and free you to think clearly and be available to be the best version of you for the people you need. Running does that for me. It clears my head. It fills my heart. What is it? Some of us, it's weightlifting, right? Some of us, it might be um, being in a duck blind or in a deer stand. Some of us, it might be sewing. For some of us, it might be being with our kids in a moment where it, like hearing your kids laugh, right? Don't gloss over those moments. Don't take them for granted. Notice them. Recognize that they're happening and be filled by it. Because when we do that, we then have more to give. The race, 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 rush, rush, rush. Hope for movement is draining. It empties our spirit, our soul, our heart. We don't have as much in our emotional tank to manage the frustrations that we feel or the anxiety that we feel or the worry that we feel. I'm not saying that this is going to fix all of that. But when we integrate all of these pieces in our lives, when we put it together and we feel whole, our expectations and our reality match up. We gain confidence. We feel stronger. We perform better in whatever way you are called to perform. Find a way. Take a step towards growth. And probably do it in all three areas. Maybe not at the same time. Build a plan. Get intentional. Do the things that we've talked about from day one on this podcast to help you create a plan, to execute that plan, to take a step towards growth. But understand we have to do it in such a way that allows us to feel, allows us to move, and allows us to think. If we can do all of those things and have practices in place that attempt to connect all of them, I think we get better faster. I think we grow in a way that is exponential rather than frustratingly slow. And there will be downturns in that also. There's going to be struggles and challenges. But that's the call. It's the call on all of us. It's the call on me. And it's what I will continue to commit to doing to bring the best possible stuff I can to this podcast as often as possible. Thank you so much for growing with us, for choosing to say yes to getting better today and every day, not so that we can compare ourselves to somebody else or some former version of us, but that we can be, we can rest fully in a full and open heart sort of way when we give our best and know that I was good enough today, not for anybody else, but for me, for my expectations, and that that is the journey we are on, that that process is life-giving and fills us up in itself. If you would, please kindly rate, review, subscribe, share, give it away, do it for somebody else. Let that fill you up. And as always, live eyes up.